0: You can be seated for just a moment. Again, we welcome everyone that is joining us today in person and those that are E! family that are joining us online. We welcome you. All of our guests that are here today, Living Hope, would you help me right now? And let's make some noise for our guests. Let them know that we're so glad they're here today. Amen. We hope that you're made to feel welcome. We got got about a third of a standing ovation. I think we can complete that. Let's let our guests know. We showed up today, number one, to give glory to God, but secondly, to create an atmosphere where you can enter into the presence of God. Amen. 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 And we are today as a special day, a somber day in some ways, but a day of rejoicing in others. Brother and Sister Roberts, who have been part of Living Hope almost as long as there's been a Living Hope, just a few years after the church was started, here in Lexington Park, Brother and Sister Roberts, at that time, they were not married. Although I think Brother Roberts had it in his mind from the get-go. But soon after, they were married and have been a part of this church for 35-plus years, 38 years. We're going to celebrate 40 years as a church in March. So that I let you know, all but two years of our existence as a church, they've been a part of this congregation. And most of those years, they've been involved in leadership for, I don't know, 20 plus years he's served as the assistant pastor first to my father and now to me and they've just been amazing loyal, I'm going to say a lot more about that, but we're honoring them today, Brother Roberts was voted in uh, back in August to be the pastor of Abundant Life Church in Two Rivers, Wisconsin and we're so excited for them, but we're, I think Brother I heard Brother Eric say it maybe I'm not supposed, on something that I saw somewhere sometime, he said we're we don't want to see you leave, but we're excited to see you go do the will of God for your lives. And so we're honoring them today. A normal Sunday, you might come, and a lot of what we're going to do today wouldn't be involved, but we are, we're going to go overboard in trying to honor this great couple today and let them know how much we love and appreciate them. And we want them to be sent off with blessing. And we, want, we don't want there to be any question in their mind if we love them or not and if we appreciate them. Amen. And so throughout the service today, we're going to be doing various things. A couple of announcements that we need to make. There is a youth service this uh, Friday, the 29th, and that will be at 630 in the evening here at Living Hope. Uh, Saturday, everybody say Saturday, is our fall festival. Amen. We're excited about our fall festival. There's going to be hayride, a chili cook-off, bounce houses for the children, apple butter, apple cider, caramel apples. We're roasting a pig. We're roasting a pig. And we're going to have brisket. A lot of brisket, a lot of pig. Amen. And we want to invite our whole, we would love to get the whole community out. We we probably don't have enough pig for everybody, but we want to get everybody out. We're going to have a great time and a great community time to get together and enjoy fellowship. And that will be here at Living Hope. Um, The shuttle is going to start running at 345. The event begins at 5. We're asking the setup team to come at 4, and so the shuttle will begin running at 345, and uh, we're asking you to come be a part of it, all right? Come be a part of what God is doing. Come be a part. Help us greet our community and welcome them out to this event on Saturday. Hyphen class. Every Sunday in the month of November, there's going to be a hyphen class. Amen. Brother Trey and Sister Michelle are transitioning the lead of that uh, ministry to Brother James and Sister Naomi, and so that month is going to be a time of transition. And uh, if you're in the hyphen ministry, if you're 18 to 30, why don't you wave your hand right now? We've got a great group in that age group, and uh, we're intentionally making a greater push toward ministering to that age group. This is an important announcement that we've got to make sure everybody hears. It's not an exciting announcement, but it is an important announcement. Our annual business meeting to review 2020 business is going to be on November the 1st. All right? According to our bylaws, we don't have to have this meeting. We already had, to ha- had the meeting. We had to have, but we want everything to be done and open, so w- you're welcome to come. That's November the 1st, amen, and we'll be getting more details to you November the 1st. Everybody say November 1st. Amen. Business meeting, all right? If you just want to come and find out what's going on in the business of Living Hope, you'll want to be here for that meeting. Stand with me if you would. We're going to recite and state our tithers declaration here. In just a moment, if you're watching online, we do ask that you would text to 240-256-4175 the names of those that are watching. So don't just say Joe Schmo but say Joe and his wife Betty and their kids, Sally and Joe and Mary. I don't know if I just try to name names of people I don't even know they exist. I'm sure somewhere there's a family with all those people in their household. If you'd like to give... Right now the instruction is on the screen if you would like to give uh, through the online. We also have an app if you'd like to download that. But right now we're going to do one of my favorite things and we're going to speak faith over our finances. Amen. How many of you know that your job is not really your provider? How many of you believe that God opened the doors for you to have your job and he can open the doors for you to get a better job? So my provider is not my employer. My provider is Jehovah Jireh. And there's a lot of promises in the Word of God that speak to blessing my finances. And we're going to state a few of those promises right now. So join us if you would. Upon the authority of God's Word, I give and it shall be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe to the storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked and the curse is broken. You pour out upon me such a blessing, there is not room enough to receive it. I receive jobs and better jobs, raises, increase and promotions, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, owed money, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts canceled and royalties received. I am blessed to be a blessing. I declare my entire family saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, in love with Jesus, healthy, strong, and full of life. I call my family walking in the blessing and the favor of God in their lives. I am blessed coming in and going out in Jesus' name. Everybody say that again, in Jesus' name. One more time, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead if you would right now. The ushers are coming right now to receive. If you have the give and the offering here in person, you're welcome to do so. Amen. Why don't you remain standing for just a moment and tell somebody to the right side of you. Amen. You sure do look nice today. If it's not your spouse, don't do that. All right? If you're married, turn to your left. If your spouse is on your left, you sure do look nice today. I'm not trying to start any fights. If your spouse is next to you, happy birthday to Justin today. Brother Justin is... A healthy, strong, 30 years old today. Happy birthday to Brother Justin. It's good to see Joe. Joe is back in the house today. Joe, good to see you, buddy. Amen. Amen. And we're praying for Brother Sylvia. Amen. He is still worshiping. The doctor said don't put any weight on it. Only Brother Sylvia is still going to be hopping the aisles. Ain't nobody going to stop his worship. You going to have to break every limb he's got before he's going to sit still. Amen. But we are praying for you, Brother Sylvia. You could be seated. We're going to ask our bishop to come right now. And also my mom, we would like for them to come right now, and they're going to say a few words. Amen. We love and appreciate our bishop. This is our founding pastor who started the church 40 years ago.
2: be seated. Well, it's been a long time. I remember the first time Sister Patrice walked in the doors, she was with this little short crazy girl, was her roommate, happened to be our music director at that time, Sister Barlett, and she was terrified. (laughs) Never saw anything like us in her life, but I watched as God began to work in her life, and I believe you got baptized on my birthday, didn't you? So that made it kind of special. Um, I watched her have to put aside all of the things that she'd been taught growing up. A lot like me, I had to put aside everything I'd been taught. And she learned the truth of God's love, the truth of baptism in Jesus' name. She was terrified to get baptized because she thought she was going to go to hell according to what she'd been taught. But it just made her calling and election even more sure. So we rejoiced. We rejoiced when she finally got the courage to get baptized. And not long after that, this crazy guy from the Navy came in with a friend. And no joke, one night, They ran around the church. You had the other guy on your shoulders, ran around over in the other building, ran all the way around. We had poles everywhere, and you had to watch out so you didn't get hurt. (laughs) But they've come a long way. He became an amazing Bible teacher, she taught Sunday school. And it's just not going to be the same to come to church down here and not see Brother and Sister Roberts sitting here. But I'm so excited for them, for the next step. They're going to be able to go up there and share all the wonderful things of God with the people up there. And I believe in God for revival in the church. I don't even know the church, but we can all use revival. So, Brother Sister Roberts, we love you. You'll always be our kids. And we'll be praying for you.
1: Amen. Amen. I was thinking of particular moments because, you know, life is just made up with moments, significant moments. And um, I, I remember, I remember. When Sister uh, Barlett wrote on a card this girl's name, Patrice Finnner, and then I saw this guy come that I thought was a wolf And I knew his mind was not on Jesus and sure enough it wouldn't it wasn't too long after that that. They got married, right? But I remember a moment where he called me on the phone. He said, and and he just to have no... See, he was a backslidden Mormon. At least that's what I tell everybody, Brother Roberts. I'm not sure what that is, but... and And she was a Catholic girl. But God brought them together. And... Uh, He called me and said, Pastor, I need you to come over. They lived in a mobile home over off of uh, Great Mills Road. And I drove over to his place. He was very serious. Matter of fact, I don't know if Brother Roberts ever had a childhood. Because I think he's always been serious. Um, But he uh, asked me to sit down. And he told me. And this is, you could take, you could learn something from this. He said, I made up my mind. And I said, "Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure what that meant. And he said, I'm going to live for God. You remember that, Brother Roberts? And that's been now close to 38 years. How many of you believe he had a made-up mind? There's something to say for having a made-up mind. Amen. There, There are many moments of the last 38 years. One, this past year, I don't know, I called him, he was in the hospital, right? And they wanted to put him on a ventilator. Am I right? And I said, you need to start singing that song. Right? This is the air that I breathe. Your holy presence. Am I right? The nurse came in and said, "We're going to put you on a ventilator." And he said, "No, you're not. We're going you're going to watch what God can do." And he's saying, "You're the air I breathe." You never went on the ventilator, did you? And he's still here today, breathing that sanctified air. Amen. 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 We, we love the Roberts family. Um, many things. Rachel, I'm glad you came today to be a part of this celebration. We were walking out of the room, and I turned to Valerie, and I said, Now, Brother Roberts, I believe this. I have prayed that God's going to give you incredible harvest where you're going. That's why he's moving you there. There's a spirit of this church that's contagious, and God's going to give you a great harvest there. But, folks, you need to know here, this building ain't big enough. You need to get ready. God's going to anoint God's going to make a way. You're going to impact this entire county with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the desire of God's heart. That's the desire of our heart. Thank you, brother and sister Roberts. We love you. God bless you.
3: Whew. All right, we're gonna get through this in Jesus' name. I leaned over to Brooke and I said, "Man, I've I've got something all printed out here that I want to say. and We're just gonna try to get through it. Pray my strength in the Lord. <laughs> the hard part is when I look at them. If I don't look at them, <laughs> I'll be okay." <laughs> Uh, We're honoring the Roberts today, obviously And um, what they have been to this church But I kind of want to speak to what they have been to Our family One of the all-time greats in baseball was Babe Ruth His bat had the power of a cannon, and his record of 714 home runs remained unbroken until Hank Aaron came along. The Babe was the idol of sports fans. But in time, age took its toll, and his popularity began to wane. Finally, the Yankees traded him to the Braves. In one of his last games in Cincinnati, Babe Ruth began to falter. He struck out, made several mishaps that allowed the Reds to score five runs in one inning. As the babe walked toward the dugout, chin down, dejected, there arose from the stands an enormous storm of boos and catcalls. Some fans even shook their fist at him in frustration. Then a wonderful thing happened. A little boy jumped over the railing. Tears streaming down his cheeks, he ran out to the great athlete. Unashamedly, he flung his arms around the babe's legs and held on tightly. Babe Ruth scooped him up hugged him, set him down again, patted him on the head, and the two joined hands and walked off the field together. And that is a picture of loyalty. It's easy to be loyal when everything's going right, when your hero is on top of the mountain conquering, but the test of loyalty is when you're camped out in the valley. Brother and Sister Roberts have been this picture of loyalty to my family and to Living Hope. They have stood beside us when we were breaking ground on the new building, and we were excited and living on the mountaintop, but they've also been there right beside us when division arose in the church, and the boos were loud in our ears, and we were in some of the darkest days of our ministry. They were there. They took us by the hand. They prayed for us. They protected us, and they covered us. And I'll be honest, this season of transition has left me feeling pretty vulnerable. As many of you know, my father passed away last year, and I felt the loss of his covering over me. And what the Roberts have been for our family has been another layer of covering. We often don't think of the assistant pastor of being a covering. We think of it quite the opposite. The pastor is their covering, and in a sense, yes, that is the case. But I can say with 100% surety, the brother and sister Roberts have been a covering over my family. Sister Roberts, you've been my fierce supporter. You came along a young 26 year old who had no clue what it meant to be a pastor's wife. You uplifted me, you supported me, you prayed for me. I cherish the countless times I felt your hand on my shoulder up at the altar or on my back and you would be praying for me and I could hear your voice and it brought a sense of peace and I honor you today for being my friend and loving me. Brother Roberts has loved our family from the beginning. He's been a strength where we have been weak. He has challenged, encouraged, protected and defended us even when it was really difficult to do so. (laughs) He's been the protector of our family time And I am really going to miss that. (laughs) I missed it this past week. I was like, he's not gone yet. (laughs) But he ensured that we were able to truly disconnect on our family vacations and unplug. And he only informed us if someone died or if the church was burning down. Thank you for that. Thank you for protecting our family. Thank you, Brother Roberts, as a mother, as a wife. Thank you loving my children and my family. Words and gifts and all the money in the world could never repay what you have been for the state and family and for living hope. But today we're going to give it our best shot. We love you. We're going to miss you. And we look forward to hearing of the incredible things taking place in Two Rivers, Wisconsin under the direction of Pastor and First Lady Roberts. If y'all could come up A gift for you this Angelita is the one in the middle that wrote the biggest. <laughs> she said, Angelita loves you all the most <laughs> That picture we did out there a few weeks ago that was, you know, you guys weren't supposed to be out there, but you were <laughs> We were like, the Roberts are out here. Oh well, just go with it. <laughs> but thank you, we love you. Here's a gift from us to y'all and that God goes with you. We know he's already gone before you. He's prepared the way and I'm excited to hear what God's going to do through you. give from the church not from our family i'm sorry that just want to clarify the church did that and if the worship team can come come back up if you have been around a little while you may know what brother robert's favorite song is and we're going to sing that today and i hope we have the words on the screen because there's so many new people you may not know this song But it's a city called heaven, and the worship team is going to lead that this morning. And just worship as we sing, as they sing, in Jesus' name.
4: It's a city called heaven. Streets of hate.
0: We've always had great worship, just wasn't always um, excellent, I'll say that. We've always had a freedom and a liberty in our worship, but most of the time in the old days, the way it would work is the worship leader would get there for prayer, find a piece of paper somewhere, write down three songs, hand it to the keyboard player and say, these are the songs we're going to do. They didn't practice, we just jumped right into it, and if Brother Roberts was leading worship... City Called Heaven was going to be one of the songs that we did. And so we sing that song to honor Brother Roberts. Thank you, Brother Roberts. That song, anytime I hear that song, which it doesn't play often anymore, but I'll think of you, and I'll think of the many wonderful contributions you've made to this church. And uh, I want to ask you all, if you would, turn with me in your Bible to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Today, I we the word of God is always the source that we use to preach. But I believe it was Paul that said we are living epistles that are read of men. And when our lives line up with the word of God, our very lives become a sermon, becomes a message. In fact, the most powerful message that can be preached is your story, it's your testimony. As people can argue doctrine, they can argue theology, but the one thing they cannot argue are the results of what God has done in your life. And so that today I'm, I'm not going to deviate from, we're still going to use the Bible as our source today, but I am going to do my best. I feel that God has helped me today to honor Brother and Sister Roberts, even in the preaching today. So I ask if you would turn with me in the book to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And today it is going to be difficult because Brother Roberts is more than um, a contemporary in ministry, more than somebody who has aided me in ministry and helped me. He's also been a friend. Some of my earliest memories were jogging up the two streets and then taking a right, knocking on the door. Brother Roberts coming out and we'd play basketball. I was just a little ragtag kid. He could have blocked my shot every time if he wanted to, but he made me feel good about myself. And he's been a friend to me for many years. He's been a friend. And my, I, I won't repeat everything my wife said, but he's been a friend to our family. I can go back in my mind and visualize him holding each of my daughters and Sister Roberts there at the dedications of each of our children. They've been a friend to our family. And I can't thank them enough for that, for being friends to our family. They've been a friend to this church. This church is better for Jeff and Patrice Roberts being a part of this church. Amen. And so we'll jump right into 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6. Now, we Paul writes, "Command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. Withdraw yourself from those that are not walking in the right direction and in the right way." And they're not walking after the tradition which he received of us. He said, if they're not passing on to you what we passed on to them, you need to withdraw yourself from them. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught or for nothing. But we wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you not because we have not power. Paul said, I, if I wanted to, I could have eaten bread that was free that I didn't have to pay for. I have that place of authority. But he said, I didn't because we wanted to make ourselves an example or an example unto you to follow us. And for the next few minutes this morning, I want to preach on this thought, examples worth following. Amen. Examples worth following. The Lord bless you. You could be seated. As I thought of how I could best honor Brother and Sister Roberts and still preach a message that would challenge the congregation that is gathered today, I thought back to my school days, which depending on who you ask here, they might give you different metaphors to describe how long ago those days were. Don't ask Angelita. I'm sure she'll be very honest with you about how long ago those school days were for me. Even though she was only a few years behind me, she'll make it seem so much longer. For me. But there were certain classes where lecture and instruction were simply not enough. There were some classes that the teacher being up in front, literature, English, hearing the teacher speak and share stories, just hearing them, that's enough. But there were some classes where lecture and instruction were not enough. These classes like algebra, physics, trigonometry, and calculus Okay, I was gonna to try to pull that one over and most of y'all were, are already aware I didn't take calculus. Like, yeah, right. So, okay, let, let's be honest. In math class, math 101. But the teacher would spend much of the class in front of the classroom with a piece of chalk or maybe a marker in their hand and they would begin to write different equations up on the board. Some of you might remember Pythagorean theorem or figuring out. Different parts of a triangle. Anyway, I'm not going to make I'm make myself look dumb if I start to get too technical. But if I know what two sides of a triangle is, I can, anyway, you know. So they would come up to the board and they would show you and then they would they would go through all the steps and I don't know nowadays what they teach, but our teacher would stand up there and they would work all the way down showing every step in the process until they got to the final solution. And the reason that they drew it on the board is because then you could take this, the problem, whatever the variables might, that it might be in the, the equation you're trying to work through, that after you watched her example or his example, that then you could go back and you could solve your own problem by following the example that they had put on the board. So our understanding came not because they told us how to do it. Our ability to comprehend was illuminated not because they pointed to a page or a paragraph within a textbook, but because we watched their example. We witnessed the teacher demonstrate the problems that we were faced with. Yeah. It, it was, they, they were going through the same problems that I could say, you know what, I can relate with that problem because I'm going through a similar problem that they're going through. I could then look at, there's the problem that is similar to mine, and then if I will follow the same same steps that they took, then I too can come up with a solution to my problems. On more than one occasion, I can recall my teacher coming to talk to me after another quiz or test had been massacred by red ink. I was like, you know what, you guys tell us graffiti is wrong, and then look what you do to my paper every time I turn it in. And I can recall on more than one occasion that 10th grade teacher coming to me and asking me, were you asleep? Were you asleep when I was drawing that equation on the board? That 10th grade teacher, did you not understand 6 minus 3? Now I'm revealing what math class I was really in. She was asking me, have you been paying attention? Because if you had been paying attention, I provided you with examples. I I provided you with examples that if you'll follow the same steps that I put on the board, you can find solutions. And I came today living hope. Have we been paying attention? For the last 30 years, we've had the example of a man and a woman of God that weekly... Have stood before us and weekly and we've watched them daily as they have demonstrated for us how a Christian is supposed to live. They've demonstrated not just in here at church but even out in the community. I guarantee you, you won't find anybody in this community that has anything negative to say about this man and this woman because they're not just Christians when they come to church. They're Christians in the community. And so today in my preaching, I just want to walk to the whiteboard one more time. And I want to share some examples that I've watched, Brother and Sister Roberts, go step by step. Examples that they've lived out for us and demonstrated over the last 30 years. And today I'm going to do my best to encapsulate six or seven of the statements that I, my life is richer and my walk with God is better because not because they pointed to a page in Scripture and said, do it, but because I've watched them, their example, as they've lived it out. In the text that was taken from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul is addressing the church that is situated in the capital city of Macedonia, the city by the name of Thessalonica. A church that is there that has experienced rapid growth of Judaism, those that have come from out of Judaism because they received the revelation that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. And in that same church in Thessalonica, not only were there Jews that have come and now profess Jesus Christ as their Savior and have been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, but now the church is also growing as a tremendous influx of the Greeks have come among them, the Gentiles. And the Greeks have come because they are tired of, having a God for everything, and they found Christianity that is professing there is only one God, one God who has all power. Rather than trying to find a different God for every different day of the week, they found one God who has all power and all authority. And 2,000 years ago, one of the great... Reasons that there was revival in the New Testament church not just in Macedonia but all across Asia Minor and throughout the the civilized land at that time was they were drawn to the moralism of the Christian church. They saw that the the Gentile way of living was out of control, that it was sexual immorality and debauchery was everywhere. And they said, we want something that has a moral compass to it. And they were drawn to the New Testament church. And I'm telling you, now is the right time for the church to stand. It's not time to give in to the immorality of our day because people are getting tired. They're getting tired of the perversion. They're getting tired of living however you want to live, and they're looking for a lighthouse. They're looking for an example. They're looking for somebody that will stand and say, there is a way that is right. Paul writes to this growing church made both of Jews and Greeks. Greeks. And in this specific context that we lift from 2 Thessalonians, he writes to a church that is undergoing tremendous persecution, yet remaining faithful. A church that is eagerly looking for the return of Jesus. Yet this eagerness as they are living in a time, I know we look today and we say, wow, everything lines up with the book of you know, Revelation and Daniel. We see it coming to pass. But 2,000 years ago in Thessalonica, they also felt that way. They said, man, Jesus must be coming back. And there were deceivers. Paul called them deceivers who had entered into the church. And these deceivers fundamentally were telling them, some were saying, Jesus has already come. Paul addresses that in his letters to Timothy. But there were other deceivers that were telling them, look, Jesus is coming back, so don't worry about working a job. And don't don't worry about paying your bills. Now be honest. How I many of you are looking at what's going on in our world? And you're like, you know what? Jesus is probably coming back in a few months. So I'm going to go down to Aaron's. I mean, I can't afford to get it, but Jesus is coming back anyhow. And so I'm going to go down to Aaron's, and I'm going to hook my crib up. I'm going to get me a, 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 my living room. I'm going to get a new bedroom set. I'm going to go to Best Buy, and I'm going to run that credit card up so high. And I might only have two months left before Jesus comes, but I'm going to live it high on the hog. Some of y'all are going to be in trouble if Jesus don't come back in two months. And that's what was happening in Thessalonica. These people were being deceived, and they were quitting their jobs because Jesus was coming back, and they were expecting the church and others to provide for them, and Paul said, get a job. Everybody tell your neighbor, get a job. That's what Paul was saying. Paul said, get a job. He said, listen, Jesus might be coming back. Yeah, he said he could be coming back, but there's some things he lays out and says these things are going to have to happen before Jesus comes back, so get a job. Yeah. Right, stop getting a new bedroom set from errands that you can't afford. And then he says this. He says, stop listening to these deceivers that are coming in and they're telling you what you want to hear. He said, I'm going to tell you how you need to learn how to live right. Follow my example. Amen. I'm going to put some things on the board, and I'm going to give you steps. And watch the way when I write on the board. Watch what I put on the board. And if you do what I write on the board, everything's going to be all right. And over the last 30 years, Jeff and Patrice Roberts have faithfully and consistently, Sunday after Sunday, Brother Roberts has walked to the whiteboard of this church, and he's drawn on here equations for how to be a Christian in an immoral time. He's walked to the front of this church, and he's written equations on how to please God. And Paul said, follow my example. Brother and sister Roberts have never professed to be perfect. I don't think. But they have been examples. They've been up front with us. Another song, if we could have gotten it in time, figured out a way to sing it. One of my songs that I remember the Roberts singing was Deep Inside This Armor, The Warrior Is a Child. They don't know that I go running home when I fall down. They don't know who picks me up when no one is around. What were they doing? They were saying, listen, we're not perfect, but if you'll follow us, we're going to keep getting back up again. First and foremost, I would say that Brother Roberts has been an example. Somebody have good handwriting. Valerie, you got good handwriting. Come here. Will you help me? I'm going to be in trouble for this one later, just so y'all know. That's how this works. If you don't give somebody a heads up, especially your wife, before service, you're going to have them do this. I want you to, I'm going to tell you what to write up here. We're going to chase this whiteboard around. I told you all today is going to be a little bit different. You have better handwriting than me. If they can read it, it's better than mine. All right, I want you to write 2 Timothy 2 and 15. The first example that Brother Roberts just. (laughs) 1 Timothy, chapter 2, no, 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 15. That's pretty good, right? 2 Timothy, chapter 2, and, f- and verse 15. You don't have to write all this up here. Two, chapter 2, verse 15. Brother Roberts has exemplified this, not in one Sunday, but over time. Over 20-plus years of Sunday morning after Sunday morning, getting up and teaching to us the Word of God. Here it is, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The foundation of living hope is sure and it is strong, and a lot of that is because this man stood up here and rightly divided for us the word of truth. Over the years, he has reinforced the doctrines of the Word of God. He's reminded us that there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. He's reminded us that you've got to repent, be baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. He's everybody in this building. You need to know you're better off than a lot of people because Brother Roberts has helped you build a foundation because every week he's come up here and rightly divided the Word of Truth. Earlier this year, the series on the Beatitudes, I didn't like it. Some of it I didn't like <laughs> because it's, right, it's hard to have a, a good attitude in all the chaos going on in our world right now. But Brother Roberts went down the list of the Beatitudes and he taught us week after week. He took one principle and he rightly divided that principle and got it into the spirit of this church and reminded us how to apply the Beatitudes. And it wasn't just some cute sermon on a mount, but it taught us how to be Christians in an untoward generation. His lesson on joy robbers, just a few months ago he taught on joy robbers. And, and, and talk to us identifying the enemies that come to steal that fruit of the Spirit, joy. Amen. The How many of you know joy is important? The Bible says it's joy that you're going to use to draw water from the wells of salvation. You can't be full of salvation and a miserable Christian at the same time. And Brother Robert's rightly divided the word and and identified those joy robbers and talked to us about how to keep your joy. If you weren't here for that, you can go on to our church app and you can look that one up. I encourage you to do so. Over the years, he taught impacting series on forgiveness, overcoming offenses, provided us with teaching not just on the importance of prayer, but a deeper understanding of how to pray. At least three times I can think of over the years that he taught the Our Father prayer template. How many of you remember that? Sunday after Sunday, he has walked to the chalkboard and provided us the word of truth, rightly divided. And Brother Roberts, I want to let you know I wasn't sleeping. I was paying attention. Amen. living hope was awake. We were paying attention all those Sundays. I know there might have been times that you looked out and wondered, do they even hear what I'm saying? I want to let you know, we watched when you walked to the whiteboard. We listened as you broke down the word. We're better as a church because you broke down the bread of life for us. And now I can say that living hope will continue forward. Our commitment to apostolic doctrine is going to remain true. Our ability to forgive and overcome offense will be tested without a doubt. But armed with the understanding of the word of God, we will push forward. And so I want to lead this congregation today in saying to Brother Roberts, thank you for Sunday after Sunday rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you. Many of you won't maybe understand how, what kind of work it takes to put together a teaching lesson. It's much easier to preach. You, you can get a good title, a good passage of scripture, and a few points, and you can. Thank you, Brad. I didn't... Brad, you got my text when I asked you to bring up the chair. Thank you. The second thing I want you to write on the board <laughs> is work to develop yourself. And I, I want to say, and, and I'm going to address both brother and sister Roberts, but I want to say to brother Roberts, I've watched, I watched you work to develop yourself. There, by nature, there are some things that brother Roberts is very gifted at. Now, if you know Brother Roberts at all, you know he is a very detail-oriented person. He he is gifted in organization and structure. If you've ever had the opportunity to see Brother Roberts' garage, I feel like they could sell tickets and just have people do a tour of his garage. It's a thing of beauty. Literally, I mean, in heaven, that's what my garage is going to look like because I'm not committed enough on earth to make it look like that. Every tool has a place. Every rag has a place. Every bike has a place. Every kayak has a place. Every jug, every jar, every container, every cord has a place. And it's always in its place. And if it's not, I guarantee you he knows it. Rachel said amen. And this gifting was a great asset to living hope. He made sure that our events were properly planned and that our resources were accurately accounted for. This gifting also is what made him an incredible teacher. Because he was able to look into the scripture and dig out the details that brought principles out and we could make them applicable in our lives. But I remember the day, Brother Roberts, that we were sitting at Plaza Azteca maybe eight years ago. And Brother Roberts said, Pastor, I really want to work on becoming a better preacher. I, I know that I've got a gifting as a teacher, but preaching doesn't really come easy to me. He said, but I want to work to become better at that. And he's, you know, Pastor, if you could help me a little, I don't know how much I really helped him, but I do know this. I watched Brother Roberts work hard to develop himself as a preacher. And he has become an incredible preacher of the word. Incredible. I have to be honest, you know, twice Brother Roberts is on the front of UPCI.org preaching. And I'm like, man. I've never gotten on the front page of UPCI Word. But anyway, I'm not really jealous. I thought that was awesome. But he has worked to develop himself as an incredible preacher. There are many other areas that I've watched Brother Roberts stretch himself and push himself to develop. Many of them that I know were outside of his comfort zone. When I became pastor, I know that many of my ways of leading were different than my father's. And I know that Brother Roberts had to make some adjustments. And I know there was some work, but he put in the work and he became what... He needed to be in order to help me lead this church. And I know that it would have been easy even in this time, amen, that even for many that are here today to say, you know what, God can just use my strengths as they are. That Brother Roberts could have said, you know, I'm a good Bible teacher and I'm detail-oriented. I'll just be good at that. And, Pastor, you can take my strengths, and if you can use them, you can use them. But if you can't, then tough luck. But that's not what he did. He said, I want to work to develop myself to become a better resource for this church. My dad alluded to it earlier, but I believe this attribute of Brother Roberts can be best exemplified by what took place earlier this year. He was battling COVID, ended up having to be hospitalized. All of the signs were trending very negative. We weren't able to get in to see him, but I could tell through the text messages that the outlook was getting less favorable by the moment. The nurse came in and told him, we're going to be intubating you, putting you on a ventilator. And my dad alluded there, many parts of that testimony that were incredible. But one thing, I, Brother Roberts said, no, you're not going to put me on a ventilator. And he began to force himself to take deep breaths, even though it felt like, I think in his words, glass shattering in his chest every time he would take a deep breath. But he forced himself to do it, to break up all of that hardness in his chest. Amen. He forced himself. He pushed himself through. He said he identified what needed to be done, and then he pushed himself to accomplish what needed to be done. And that is an example for everybody in this building. He pushed himself. That, That day at Plaza Azteca over a, I think it was a San Jose burrito that Brother Roberts likes to get. He could have just said, I'm a good teacher. He didn't have to say I want to get better at preaching. He had no idea that it would be about eight years later on July 29th that a text message would come that Two Rivers Abundant Life Church in Two Rivers, Wisconsin was looking for a pastor. What I do know, Brother Roberts, is if you hadn't developed yourself and pushed yourself, you wouldn't have been ready to pastor that church. But it's because you pushed yourself. When you didn't know about an opportunity, you developed yourself. And it's because of that that Two Rivers is about to be blessed with an amazing anointed man of God. And I want to say to everybody in this building, don't wait for opportunity to come. You need to start developing yourself right now so that when the opportunity comes and the door's open, you're ready to walk in. (laughs) Sister Roberts, there are truths from two different verses that I will draw from in order to establish just a portion. There's no way I could speak to everything that this great Man and woman have been to this church. But if I could just establish a portion of what Sister Roberts has exemplified for us, if we've been paying attention. Valerie, if you could write Matthew 10, 26. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verses 21 and 22. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22. And then next to that, right, the words be sweet, be sweet. Matthew 10 and 16 is where Jesus instructs his disciples whom he had just informed that he was sending them out as sheep among wolves. And then he tells them, be as wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter five, I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation, Paul wrote and said, test everything that is said. And then he says, but hold on to that which is good, and stay away from everything that is evil. Now, those of you that might be new to Living Hope, it's very possible that you've never heard Sister Roberts say more than a few words. But you'll never meet anybody that is more kind, more sweet than Sister Roberts. You just won't. She has a smile for every guest that walks into Living Hope. If you're here today and you need a hug, Sister Roberts is the one. She'll, she'll give you a hug, and it'll brighten up your day. She just knows how to do it. She's got that gift of kindness. and sweetness isn't a spiritual gift, but it is a gift that she's got. And she is sensitive and she is sincere. I know she doesn't like to talk a lot publicly, because undoubtedly, if we gave Sister Roberts the microphone right now and she walked up here within a minute, she'd be crying. And that's just I, as a kid, we'd be like, Sister Roberts is coming, she's going to cry. But that comes out of an incredible testimony, realizing what God did for her, and she can't get the microphone too long before she starts talking about what God did for her, and that brings an emotion, and it's not fake, it's not phony, it's sincere. And you may not have heard her say more than a few sentences, and that's because she doesn't talk a lot. And again, that's another example some of us could learn from. All right, sorry, that, that wasn't in my notes. That was Holy Ghost. Here's what you need to learn about people that aren't talking. They're listening. And we're gathering information about you. While you are yakking away, we're listening. And Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, and he said, Judge, listen to what they're saying. And hold to that which is good and stay away from that which is evil. Sister Roberts may not talk a lot, but in all my years of being in this church, not one time has Sister Roberts got caught up in foolishness. Not one time. Not one time has she gotten caught up with the gossips and those that were causing division in the church. Not one time because she was busy listening, and she was discerning, hey, I don't have time for that foolishness. I don't have time for the gossips. I don't have time for that. And she would separate herself. Now, you might think Sister Roberts is just some sweet lady, some, and you might confuse that with a pushover. But Paul didn't just say, listen to everything that is said and Separate yourself from evil, but he also said, Hold on to that which is good. Everybody, close your fists and say, Hold on to that which is good. Because, yes, she will smile and she'll pat you on the back. She is sweet, she is kind, she will smile and she will hug you. But she is not going to get caught up in your foolishness. And she has some very well established boundaries in her life that I would advise you not to cross. How many of you know the baptismal room was Sister Robert's room? Anybody ever try to put a towel out of place in that room? Pretty quickly you learn that that smile has another side to it. Right? Because she said, yes, I'll be kind and I'll be sweet. I'll be as, I'll be as uh, wise as a serpent, as harmless as a dove. But if you mess up my baptismal room, we're going to have issues. I'm going to hold on to that, which is good. I've got That's an example that everybody in this room can follow. You need to have boundaries in your life. You need to have well-defined boundaries. I'm going to treat you with kindness and love, but if you cross this line, if you cross these boundaries, if you try to drag me into foolishness, if you try to get me caught up in foolishness, I'm going to separate myself and hold on to that which is good. Hey, I hope you've been paying attention the last 30 years to a lady that knows how to be kind, but also knows how to hold on to that which is good. Right next to be sweet, but don't be a pushover. Learn from Sister Robert's example. I would go back to that when I was alluding to earlier about, you know, those of, I say us, I'm the guy up here talking, so I, I guess I can't really say that. But those who are busy listening and not talking, there's tradition among many rabbis in Judaism that at birth you are granted a number of words to speak, not years to live, but words to speak. And these rabbis teach that your life, how long you will live, is determined by how long it takes you to speak that amount of words. Once you meet your quota, you, got, you get the point, time's up. When I, when I read that, I went back and took a thousand words out of my sermon. So, you all get out of here a few minutes earlier today. It's another lesson we can learn. Listen more. Talk less and listen more. Use discernment. Everybody say, use discernment. And stay away, as Paul said, from every kind of evil. Define your boundaries and stick to them. Just going to share a few more examples about this great couple today. I want you to write up here the words, love the kingdom. One thing I watched about Brother and Sister Roberts is they were willing to do anything that needed to be done around the church. And I'm talking, again, not about the last year. I'm talking about a case study of 35-plus years, 38 years. Through the years, I don't know, is there one ministry in this church that you all didn't dabble in at least a little bit? Is there one? He was the head of outreach. They, they headed up outreach. Sunday school, they led the Sunday school. They taught Sunday school. They led bus ministry. They led small groups. They preached at nursing homes. I couldn't, as I went through the list, I don't think there's, and Brother Roberts, all of that is going to equip you great to be a pastor because you've got experience in all of these areas. But they didn't do any of that for a title. They didn't, many times, they didn't have a title. Amen, the last, 15 years I've changed Brother Robert's title four times and that I know if he didn't get upset one time because he do, wasn't doing it for a title, he was doing it because the kingdom is what matters. I, I want to grow the kingdom. I, I want to do whatever it takes. and it means teaching Sunday school, I'll teach Sunday school. If it means leading a small group, I'll lead a small group. Whatever. Listen, some of us today can learn from their example. Fall in love with the kingdom. Do whatever needs to be done for the kingdom of God to go forward. Yeah. Valerie, right up there, if you would allow allowed pastoring to be a joy. Allowed pastoring to be a, they allowed pastoring to be a joy. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they, do, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Paul said you need to serve those that are in spiritual authority in your life so that it will be a joy for them to lead you. And I would say, brother and sister Roberts, were a joy to pastor. Amen. They were a joy to pastor. Again, I'm taking 38-year case study. I'm not saying in there there weren't a few rough patches. All of us, I'm sure I had some times where I'm not a joy to be your pastor. You're like, can we get a different guy? No, you're stuck, all right? But over the case study of 38 years, Brother Roberts didn't come to me with piddly little things. He came to me only when he really needed something from the pastor. He was there for me, as my wife already talked about. Amen. Since I was 10 years old, they have been spiritual leaders in my life. And I thank God because, brother and sister Roberts, it has been a joy to be your pastor. I pray that God gives you a harvest of what you have sown here. I pray that you, he gives you a harvest of people that will submit themselves to your leadership. And follow you. I know. I know. I'm not guessing. I know there were times that I made decisions that you probably thought, this guy is crazy. I know it. I know that there were decisions I made, but not one time. We had maybe some discussions in private, but not one time in public did I ever have to fear that you're undermining my authority. Every time you submitted yourself, and I want to say thank you. It's been a joy to be able to be your pastor, and I pray God will bless you with loyal followers that will follow you. They allowed us to pastor them. I'm going to linger here for just a moment. I'm not going to be a whole lot longer. Just because you go to a church where a man preaches does not make that man your pastor. All right. Just because you go to a church where a man preaches does not make that man your pastor. It's when you follow the counsel that is given to you, and you ask for counsel before you've made up your mind, not after you've made up your mind. that is what makes it. Listen, I know this for a fact. If I would have told Brother Roberts, Two Rivers is a no-go, I don't feel it in the Holy Ghost. I know he would have said, and I know right now if I said it to him, it would be difficult, but I guarantee you he would, he would cancel all the plans and find another home to buy here. I don't feel that at all, but I know he would do it because he, has played, he willingly placed himself in submission to our leadership. As a young pastor, one of the most difficult things I had to do was we'll step into a place of authority over brother and sister Roberts. This was, he was, my Sunday school teacher. All right, he, he was brother Roberts. All right, my dad taught us early. You don't call them by their first name. That's brother and sister Roberts, and we learned to respect them, and we looked up to them. He was my dad's assistant pastor, and now I'm the pastor. And one of the hardest things I had to do was step into that place of authority. But they allowed us to pastor them. He never one time said to me anything to make me feel like I didn't have the right to lead and guide him spiritually. And again, I want to say, Brother and Sister Roberts, thank you. It has been a joy to pastor you. If you've been awake in class for the last 38 years, you can see what it's like to be a joy to be pastored. Watch the way that they follow. They were loyal. As my wife stated, in some of our darkest hours in leadership, they stood. You used a word that I liked earlier. I don't know. I'll think of it this afternoon. I'll text it. I'll send an email out to you guys when I think of the word. Vigorously defended us. I don't think that was the word. Passionately defended us. I didn't have to guess if they had my back or not. They, they were very v- public and very vocal, very verbal that they had our back. And, and I can't ever, Brother Roberts, you're going to understand what I'm talking about, that you could never understand until you're in this role. You're going to understand what a strength it is to have somebody that you don't have to wonder if they've got your back or not. And I say thank you. They've always been dependable. I never had to worry if they had our back. The last point that I want to make Brother and Sister Roberts are greatly invested in baptism, right? Write loyal and dependable. Did you already write those? Write loyal and dependable. And then write invested in baptism. Sister Roberts, as I already alluded to, she makes sure that that room is in order. Sister Edo, you're over that room now? You got some big shoes to fill, all right? Loyal, dependable, um, invested in baptism. And she took it very serious. And some of you might, oh man, there's Sister Robert's the bathrobe? Ha ha. No, she took it serious. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You you cross the line and, and you bear about your body the marks. All right? Maybe not physically, but you learn that smile can turn into something else real quick. Go ahead. Walk in there and put a robe out of place and watch what happens. And Brother Roberts, the the majority of the video that we put up there earlier was Brother Roberts honoring, or rather, Brother Roberts baptizing people. They both take baptism very seriously. And that's not just because. They think baptism is a sacred t- tradition or they want to make it a memorable occasion for people. But brother and sister Roberts both experienced radical transformation. They remember when they went down in waters of baptism and they came up and were radically transformed. and God changed their lives and that's why that baptismal room stays impeccable. That's why there's robes have got to be ready. That's why towels have got to be ready. That's why Brother Roberts doesn't just let them walk up and get in the tank, but he stands there and tells them, here's why what you're doing is so important. It's because it means something to them. And I would say today, if you'll stand with me right now, that picture up there, I think it's fitting that that's the very first service Brother Roberts spent at Two Rivers at Abundant Life Church as the new pastor. He had just been voted in, and his first service, look what he's doing. Baptizing somebody in Jesus' name. Living hope, we've been given a great gift the last 38 years. I hope you've been awake in class. I hope you've been paying attention, not just because they pointed the scriptures in the Bible and said, if you'll do this, that, and the other, but because we watched them Sunday after Sunday walk into this building. The Sunday after he got out of the hospital, after having almost been putting on a ventilator, guess where he was? He was back in the house of God. I think it was his first Sunday back he took a lap around the church. Why? Because that's the kind of people they are. They're not in this halfway like my dad said. They made up their mind. Brother and sister Roberts, we've been paying attention. We've been paying attention. I've been watching the way that you guys do what you do. I've been watching. I've I know, that, I know that just the way the kingdom of God works, you're gonna go there and that church is gonna grow and God is gonna bring other people in to fill the shoes, the void that you've left behind. It may take two or three, but they will. They'll come and they'll grow in those areas, but they're gonna follow the example that you set for them. I wanna ask the elders to come right now. I wanna ask Brother and Sister Roberts to come. Rachel, I'll invite you to come if you'd like, all right? I know you got Carmen. You could probably find a babysitter. I'm sure there's plenty of people eager to hold curly locks over there. But I want to ask the elders to anoint this great man and woman of God. They've already been chosen, selected by that church as pastor. We're not, nothing we do here today has any legal standing. But as this church right now, I want you to come, Dad, Mom. I want the elders, elders go ahead, Dad, and Mom, help anoint. And then I want to ask the system directors, if they would, to come around. And we're going to pray over this, and we're going to commission them. We're going to commission them. And as we pray, living hope, I, I want you to think about some of the lessons that you've learned from this man and woman of God, lessons that Brother Roberts taught on a Sunday morning that helped you through a difficult season. Maybe, maybe it was a difficult lesson that wasn't easy to listen to, where he talked to you about forgiving and getting over offense and. And it felt better to hold on to that grudge, but it was through Brother Roberts' teaching that he gave you instruction that if you'll follow these steps, you can overcome that offense. Now, I want this church to stretch out your hand right now, and I want you to help me pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for Brother and Sister Roberts. I thank you for their example. I thank you, God, that they have been examples worthy of following. I thank you, Lord, that I never had to question if Brother Roberts had rightly divided the word. I never had to wonder if he had spent time in prayer preparing the Word of God. But, Lord, it was always prepared for me. There were steps that were given that I could follow that same instruction. In the name of Jesus. And now, God, we bless them. Right now, Lord, we bless them and we commission them. God, we commission them to go into that city of two rivers. And we commission them, God, to take the same anointing that they helped to build in this church. And Lord, let that same anointing be upon abundant life. I pray, God, that you would hasten the development of their leaders. I pray that you would hasten, oh God, Lord, the the culture and the environment of that church into an environment of revival. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want us to give God a thanks offering for this great couple. And I would say one last time today, there's just something, there's something about the way Brother Roberts does things. You ever seen somebody that they do something a certain way and you're like, I do that too, but I don't do it that well? I'll give you an example. Even as simple as one year we had gone golfing and afterwards we stopped at Fud And Brother Roberts, I had the same hamburger as him, the same fries. And he went over, you know, they have that fixings bar over there. Everybody know what I'm talking about? You're all looking at me like you've never, yeah. how many of you have never been to Fud You've never been? I'm going to pray for y'all. They have this bar in the center where you got lettuce and tomato, and then they've got hot cheese, and and then they've got like this pico. And Brother Roberts would put cheese and pico together and put it all over his french fries. And, man, it looks so good. And I didn't want to do it in front of him because I know he knew I was copying But the next time I went to Fuddruckers, I did it. Man, it was just so good. I just have a way of doing things with excellence. And and, and Brother Roberts, even the way he baptizes people, there's just something special about it. And if you're here today, and you've not, how many of you, Brother Roberts, baptized you? Look at all these hands. Brother Roberts, look at those hands up right now. Look at these, and there's a lot more that aren't here today. Hundreds, I would say. Hundreds that Brother Roberts has baptized over the years. And if you're here today and you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, we'll let you into Sister Roberts' room one last time. Brother Roberts will stand over here and talk to you about why baptism in Jesus' name is so important. And we'll put you in these waters that are um, wet and we will baptize you. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. Honestly, is there anybody here today? Well, I think it would be a great way to send Brother and Sister Roberts off with our blessing is one more baptism. Is there, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to get baptized again myself just to let Brother Roberts baptize one last. Is there anybody here today that's not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins? I promise you, you're going to have stammering lips today if you get baptized in Jesus. That I can promise you. Anybody? All right. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for 38 years. You have blessed us with a tremendous gift. A man and woman of God who have not just said how to live for Jesus, but they've showed us how to live for Jesus. God, we've watched their example. We've watched them labor loyally and faithfully. And now, Lord, I pray as they go to Two Rivers, Wisconsin, I pray that later this week as that moving bus, that moving truck pulls out of Lexington Park and heads north, I pray, God, that you have blessed them with the harvest of what they have sown into this church. I pray that you have blessed them with the harvest of loyal followers. I pray that you have blessed them, oh God, with the harvest, Lord, of people that are sweet and kind, yet they have very sure boundaries that have been drawn. I pray, God, that you would bless them, Lord, with teachers, Lord, that rightly divide the word of truth. And I pray, oh, God, that you would draw to them, Lord, a congregation that is going to reach that city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray, oh, Lord, twofold the baptisms that Brother Roberts did in living hope he's going to do in abundant life. And God, we ask you, bring sinners from every... Every realm of that city, bring them, O oh God, and let them be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www livinghopemd.com
4: hope i so i